The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. They're tangling in the back of the pack. Here they come off four. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroote was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers download. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be, Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? Where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. iRacing's executive director, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing. Presented by Crosley. Amplify your style. Here are your hosts, Taylor Burris and Justin Prince. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network, presented by Crosby Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. My name's Justin Prince. Filling in this week is one the only Mr. F4 Speed, Blake McCandless, with our producer, Richard Colbrand. As we get ready for what's expected to be an action-packed Show to discuss things, Blake, because things are continuing to intensify on the eNASCAR front, but also across the whole entire iRacing world with World Championship action slowly creeping its way on forward. No, absolutely, Justin. We, we've had a lot of changes over the last couple of weeks, a lot of things to discuss in the show that I'm sure we'll, we'll be able to touch on. But uh, as the offseason is slowly uh, coming to a close, this is really opening things up to where we're getting a better picture of what things are going to look like. And, of course, a lot of building up, a lot of change coming, and it's a lot to look forward to. Starting things off for today, we continue our continuing coverage of preview action for the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series action is getting ready to intensify for the rear world track in just a few weeks the first of the drivers we get to speak to tonight is one of the drivers who has been announced to be a part of stuart haas esports for the 2022 season that is dylan duvall who also had a new sponsorship deal announced today as well dylan congratulations first of all on returning to your machine for the season how are you feeling about said machine for the next gen cards for 2022 Thanks, Justin. Uh, yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm pretty excited for it. It's gonna there's a lot of unknowns going into this year, so I feel like it gives all of us kind of like a restart point where it's probably been a few years now since like setups and stuff have been completely wiped for the sim. So I think this gives us a chance to catch up, and uh, you never know, like it co- it's gonna come down to whoever like figures out what works quickest, and you can have a huge advantage to start off your season if you're the team that figures it out. Now let's start off with how your offseason went because you're doing some work behind the scenes with some of the drivers in contender action, and of course, everyone had that clean slate to think about for 2022. What did you do throughout the offseason to prepare for this new season? Uh, I mean, for the first little bit, you just kind of relax and enjoy your break. Um, It's a long, grueling season on the eNASCAR side, so definitely nice to sit back and relax for a little bit but for me personally i uh, got some equipment upgrades which have been definitely a huge learning curve so spent some time trying to figure that stuff out uh as you mentioned helped out some of my friends in the contender stuff um but yeah that's about it um just some team stuff behind the scenes and stuff like that but most of it for me has just been like trying to figure out the new equipment because obviously i want to be want to be informed when the season comes around absolutely and of course a lot of the discussion in turn has been about 
how that adjustment period feels going to be. What's that been like for you so far? Because it's a new car, but also there's a lot of fluctuation expected when it comes to the package itself. The car with that being only locked in about a month ago or so in real world testing. Yeah, um, that, that's been the thing. Um, it, it's really hard to actually, like, like all of us teams, we can't really dive right into that car right now and really make big gains. Um, I think we're all kind of under the assumption that the car is going to get a lot of work done to it before we hit the tracks of it for Coke. Um, so we've kind of just been focusing on other things and like we've messed around with it here and there a bit, but for the most part, it's I think it's just kind of a waiting game and waiting to see what the car is going to be like when, when the time actually comes around. I feel like dumping a bunch of time and energy into it right now isn't the most beneficial just because it's we fully expected to change a lot before we actually get to run it. Well, certainly things are, are definitely going to change as uh, iRacing and NASCAR kind of catch up to what they're doing next year. One thing that, that is certain, though, and actually just dropped today, was the uh, 2022 schedule in the NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. So uh, some tracks, Dylan, that uh, I know are a little familiar from last year, but also uh, some new ones uh, that came up as well. So just kind of tell us your initial thoughts on you're looking at the laydown of the schedule and, and what you're looking forward to there. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's definitely an interesting schedule. Um, I think the biggest takeaway from it for me was the shorter races. Um, I think that's a really good thing for our viewers. I don't think there's any of us drivers that are actually excited about that though, which is unfortunate. But um, I think it just it's one of those things where we want our broadcasts to like be more appealing and easier for people to watch rather than sit here for a long race um so i think it's a good change with the lengths it's just of course like obviously the drivers would prefer it to be longer but um aside from the schedule like the actual length of the schedule um there's definitely some wild cards in there dirt bristol is one that i'm personally not looking forward to but i'm sure it's gonna be <laughs> very exciting to watch um i don't have a whole lot of dirt experience so hopefully my Stuart haas teammate steven who's been pro on the dirt stuff on iRacing will be able to help me get up to speed with that. But um, yeah, other than that, kind of a little disappointed we don't have some more road courses because I quite enjoy those. But other than that, I, I feel like it's a really solid schedule. It should be, should be great for everyone involved. Well, you were talking about the length of the races. What, what approach does that change for you, knowing that these races are going to be a little bit shorter next year? What, what does it change your mindset approaching uh, an entire Tuesday night? Well, I think... Something that's always been important in the series has been qualifying, but now it's just going to be super important. Like mm -hmm. before, like we had enough time to where if you did have a bad qualifying, you could probably make your way back up to like a top 10 if you had a good enough car. But I don't think that's going to be possible anymore. So, I mean, honestly, it just I think it takes away some of your your race trim practice and testing and you really put a lot of focus on qualifying. At least I, I think that's how it's going to play out. A couple more questions, because. Just a hint towards that major discussion Blake and I will, of course, have with the schedule itself. One of the races, in fact, the first, is the exhibition going on for the LA Coliseum and the Clash. It's been talked about a lot how much the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series competitors played a role in the design of said course. How are you feeling about essentially being the first to let fans know what it will race like virtually before the action heads to the real version? at the LA Coliseum that week. 
Yeah, it's it's actually awesome. Um, it's something that's been really cool to be able to take part in things like that and actually help give iRacing and NASCAR like direction when it comes to making something like that happen. Um, honestly, I had a lot of fun with it. I'm hoping we get to do more stuff like that in the future. It's just great for for iRacing, NASCAR, and everyone involved that we get to do stuff like that. Um, I think it's going to be exciting. Um, and I think it's actually going to put on a lot better of a race than what some people are expecting it to. I, th- I think it's going to be a blast, and everyone will end up enjoying it. So what type of race will it put on, then, is the question, because I know one of your technical alliance mates said they can't wait to drive through everyone to win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh... It's definitely going to, like, there's going to be a lot of people that mindset, right? Like, we're all, going into that race specifically, like, we're all there to win. Like, no one cares about finishing second, third, or anything. Like, no points on the line. We all just want to go there and win. And honestly, like, in our testing, we had a lot of fun with just, like, being aggressive with each other. So I'm sure we're going to see a lot of that. Of course, that's in reference to Casey Kerwin via social media earlier on throughout this action of the week. With that, where can fans follow along with you then on social media, Dylan? Yeah, uh, you can check out my Twitter, uh, slash dudaval42, uh, same with Stuart Haas Esports Twitter, you can follow along there. Uh, Stuart Haas Esports also does uh, onboard cameras that will alternate between Steven and I throughout the year, so you can check them out at twitch.tv slash Stuart Haas Esports. And yeah, I, I mean, that's pretty much it. I, most of my social stuff stays on Twitter and try to keep everything, like, generalized right there. Well, congratulations on being back with Storehouse Esports. We'll see how things fare out for the season. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Once again, that's Dylan Duvall with Storehouse Esports for the 2022 eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series campaign. That'll be kicking off February the 1st. More conversations about eNASCAR are coming up right after this. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network, presented by Crossway Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network, presented by Crosby Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Justin Prince, Blake McCandless with you, Richard Colbreth is the producer for tonight. As we continue on our discussions for eNASCAR competition, as the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series goes steaming full ahead to the LA Coliseum for February the 1st. The next of the drivers get their first taste in turn that date of eNASCAR top-level competition. It was one of the top drivers throughout the entire campaign that showcased a lot of speed, had a lot of technical alliances, helped back him throughout 2021, and in turn, is ready to showcase what he can do. He's considered one of the top rookies for 2022, Donovan Strauss. Donovan, congratulations once again on making eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series competition. How are you feeling about being able to showcase what you can do at the top level this season? Uh, I'm I'm very excited. Um, very humbled to be here. Uh, obviously, I've been trying to make the series for since 2020, so this was my second go at it, and I I got in this time, and I'm I'm very excited, and like I said, humbled to be here, and I'm just really excited to get on track and you know learn as much as I can and. Obviously, a lot of people I haven't raced around, like guys like Ottinger and Conti and Egan, guys like that. And I'm excited to learn as much as I can from being in the series. And uh, hopefully we can just progress as much as possible throughout the year and have a shot at making the playoffs or goals is just top 20. 
It'll be definitely an interesting season, but to start things off with the questions I think on everyone's minds is how has been the process to acquaint yourself to the pro scene with the top level through the the offseason? I know that it's one of those complicated things in terms of which team, in terms of the NASCAR side, you'll be on. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's definitely been an interesting, like, process because obviously it's been my first time and uh had a lot to learn going into the process just trying to you know do things the right way and and uh I think I came out of the free agency process and on uh on very good terms I feel like I uh I ended up where I wanted to be and I got a got what I wanted out of it I'm very happy with it I'm excited with this new New adventure with this new team that I can't name yet, but it will be, I can say, tomorrow when we'll be announcing. Um, I'm very excited and blessed to have an opportunity that I'm going to have. Um, I've met some amazing people already, and I uh, I can't wait to get started. Well, you you talk about the process, uh, Donnie, of kind of going through everything uh, on the management side for the first time, but... Uh, looking back, uh, obviously you were in the Pro Series, the or the Contender Series as it's called now, the level just below the Coke Series. You go through this year and pretty much anything that was thrown at you, I mean, you dominated it all the way through the Road to Pro uh, qualifying series in the trucks, all the way up to Contender almost winning the championship. Uh, what, what do you kind of expect to meet? When you get to the Coke Series, are, do you expect that same level of, of domination and performance to sustain, or or do you think maybe you know there will be some growing pains uh, of joining in a series with uh, the type of talent that's in uh, the Coke Series? Um, well, in my uh, in the last race of Contender in my interview, I stated that I wanted to come into Coke and I wanted to not just sit around and run around twentieth to fifteenth. I wanted to go and compete and try and win. Like off the bat, obviously it's gonna take a little bit. It's gonna be a process of just learning and like I said, getting used to everything with the new car and all that and the competition. But um I I wanna go and try and do what I was doing in Roto Pro and Contender. Like I don't see why if you put in the effort and you have that mentality, I don't see why you can't. And that's that's a hundred percent the goal and I think with the backing I have with lockdown racing and my knowledge and everything I know, I think I can, as long as I put in the work and I stay motivated and I, I think I can, uh, think I can accomplish my goals for next year. Well, and you talk about the new car, um, obviously a lot of experience with the truck, the Xfinity car, and it's been around for a number of years on iRacing. This is a, this is an entirely new thing for everybody. Do you think that perhaps being a rookie in the series, everybody kind of getting a little bit of a reset with this car that it's going to be new to everyone. Do you think that'll help your uh, adjustment uh, getting used to the series? I think, I think the new car is going to help me a ton. Not because, yeah, because of everyone being on the same level, like especially setup wise, because I've been doing some of my own stuff for this past year, but compared to some of these guys, I've been doing their st- stuff for the past 10 years. So I think, a whole new car is going to put everybody on the same level. And I think it's going to help people like me out who are still coming in or still kind of new to setups and stuff like that. But driving, I think, um, I think it's just going to be about like getting comfortable with the car whenever, uh, 
whenever it fully gets updated and stuff like that and the package gets in everything like that but i think um i think it's just going to be about you know just trying to trying to get comfortable and trying to trying to just learn as much as you can it's going to take a long it's going to take a while for me to get used to it but um i'm ready now of course part of the preparations too is knowing what tracks you'll be at and that was announced earlier on today in fact with the schedule bit shorter distances but some new tracks on the schedule as well as some who that have not been on there for a long while such as say dover for the past few seasons your opinion on the schedule um i'm very excited because we have tracks um nashville nashville's gonna be a really good one for me uh Bristol Dirt, a lot of people are going to think of that as a wild card, but I'm going to think of that as a chance to go and try and get a top five or a top three. Um, Atlanta is going to be interesting with the the new track and everything. It's definitely going to be a super speedway type race. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting schedule. Uh, I do like that Phoenix is the finale. That'll be a, a great race to watch, in, in my opinion. Um, the clash, obviously, at the LA Coliseum, that'll that'll be a good one. That'll be mm-hmm. that'll be a fun one to watch. But uh, I mean, yeah, I think it, I think it's pretty good. The main thing though that also popped up is shorter distance for majority of the race. In fact, all the races. Your opinion on that? Because in turn, it's essentially what the A Open distances would be in official racing for reference. Right. Um. Yeah, a lot of people look at the the shorter races and they just go, oh iRacing shorted shorten the races just to shorten the races. No. That's that's not the case at all. iRacing shorten the races because um it's a way like most esports if you find like you see most of big events are normally like an hour long. Some events are an hour long and they're they're fast and they're quick. And I feel like that's a way for the series to grow in a sense. Um especially our series where where it's at. Uh, with the lengths this year, I I mean I could be totally wrong, but I think that's it could it's gonna help the series grow, um, compared to the longer races where it was usually an hour half hour and a forty five minutes, uh, you just gotta look at it like an outside standpoint like that. Um, I th- I think it's gonna help the series grow. Now we spoke with Dylan Duval a little bit, and in turn he mentioned those exact same points almost to the letter, by the way, Donovan, but in turn also brought up the potentials of how it is on the racing side because essentially they're one stoppers for reference and the timing will be a lot more tighter compared to past races in turn how do you feel this can impact how the races could go this season for reference he mentioned the importance of qualifying would be even more important now uh yeah i mean qualifying is going to be more important than it's ever been and honestly i'm perfectly fine with that because i feel like i can I go. I can go into races and I can qualify up front, and I feel like qualifying is going to reward you a lot more this year. And I, I, I feel like that's a really good thing, in a sense. Um, I feel like if you like people that don't qualify well, they're going to get punished for it. And I feel like that's. I feel like I I like that because I feel like I can qualify up front most races if, like I said, you just put in the effort towards it. Um. The one stops. That's I. I'm not a fan of that, to be honest. But I mean, you're gonna get that with the distances. Um, it's just gonna happen. So, but everything else, if it's gonna help the series grow, if it's you know, I'm a fan. So, 
in turn, you mentioned some of the tracks you feel like you'll be a contender possibly at. Overall, in terms of the action itself, how do you feel you're going to in turn measure up to some of the best of the best drivers by the end of the season? I know your expectations minimum top 20, but how do you feel this is going to be as the season goes on to try and manage that adjustment period? I'm just looking to to grow from from when we start at Daytona to when we end in Phoenix in October. I just, I want to see a big level of growth in myself. Um, I definitely think it's possible. Uh, obviously the goal is top 20 in points, but realistically, I want to look at myself and I want to, like I said, I I think high of myself and I I have high expectations for myself and I think, um. I don't see why I can't possibly try and compete for a win or try and get into the playoffs if we stay top 20. And if if that can happen, then that would be awesome. Like you saw Vicente, he was a rookie this year. He did that. I I don't see why I can't I can't back that up. Um, I learned a lot just from spotting him last year. That was that was a big um, knowledge booster for me and just learning everything, just watching it all last year and watching it all unfold in the races from a different perspective. And I think that's going to help me a lot going into this year. Where can fans keep up with you on social media to keep up with your racing action and also respond to whenever you tweet the word hello on Twitter. Uh, yeah. So you can uh, follow me at Donovan Strauss on Twitter. I just changed my username. It used to be D Strauss 51, but it's just Donovan Strauss. Now um, I usually post on Facebook too. Cause I know uh quite a few people that are friends with me uh like to see that stuff i post so yeah so just confirm then is the 51 involving the team for this season that part I, or no i can say i will not be in the 51 car unfortunately but just wanted to confirm yep thank you very much for the time donovan thank you donovan strauss the nascar coca-cola iRacing series will be one of the top rookies this season to watch for with that, more to discuss, this time with Michael Conti, right after this break. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crosswood Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crosswood Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Justin Prince, Blake McCandless, Richard Colbreth with you, as now joining us is a driver who has been able to find championship circle once in his career in the NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series and is returning once more to series competition. It's Michael Conti. Michael, first things first, how are you, you feeling for the brand new season coming up? I'm excited. Um, you know, I've been doing this a long time now, as you alluded to, and with a championship under my belt, uh, I've already knocked that off the list of things to do, but that definitely doesn't mean that there's uh, not some things that I still haven't accomplished that I'd like to check off this year. So after seeing the schedule today, super excited to visit some new tracks, get this next-gen car out on track for the first time in competition in the Coke Series. So that'll be a cool experience to see who figures that one out better than the rest at first. And uh, just super excited to see how the season goes. Now, you mentioned that a little bit with some of the changes coming, the schedule, the new car. Some have discussed earlier on this evening, such as Dylan Duvall, the essential reset amongst the setups. And that hasn't happened in a few years minimum. What's that been approach been like now for this season, knowing everyone's essentially on the same square? And it'll be interesting, in turn, who's able to find the right squares to add to their speed bits. 
yeah for sure it's it's a totally new car with uh parts and components and parameters and adjustments that uh there's really no translation from the gen 6 or the cot uh there's no translation from the older cars to the newer cars so yes definitely a reset and definitely new for everybody where i think my position is a bit unique compared to most of the field is the fact that i've done so much work uh, with the next gen car over the last year or so, uh, you know, coaching folks on iRacing and uh, producing setups really made me push the limits of the car, push the limits of my driving, and it forced me to figure the car out because if I didn't figure it out, um, you know, I had people that were dependent on the product that I put forth and the knowledge that I was, uh, you know, sharing with them. So I needed to make sure that I was on top of my game both from a driving standpoint and a setup building standpoint. So with that being said, I think the learning curve is, is definitely less for me compared to most of the other competitors in the field. But with that, I know that we'll be seeing a fairly large update before the season starts or so I'd think based on uh, new data from NASCAR and the massive change to the intermediate aero package. So maybe some of the, uh, the speed and the information I've gained over the last year, maybe some of that won't translate to the new changes, but I think, but I still think overall from a platform standpoint, from an adjustment standpoint, uh, myself and the whole team are going to be pretty far ahead. So that's definitely exciting to think about and um, an exciting prospect for all of us. Well, you still think you're going to be ahead. I know one thing I want to ask you, do you view this next gen car? Uh, you talk about the parts and components, a lot of, uh, you know, the, the, the whole idea is to create the, this greater parity that in, in real life there's not as much on the engineering side, that it's a lower cost, that everything's going to be a little more balanced across the field. I know building the cars you have and getting a little bit of experience with it, do you think uh, that helps or that hurts that in a series where, like last year, we saw so much parity, we saw a number of different winners, more than we even had slots in the playoffs uh, do you think that that stays the same or even increases in 2022 with this next-gen car? Well, I think it it could go really one of two ways. You could either have the parity we saw last year where you have um, a number of different winners, the number of winners exceeding the amount of spots available in the uh, in the playoff grid. You could, you could see the season take shape in that way, or you could potentially see a group of people working on, on the same team. You could see that group figure something out and really rack off a bunch of uh, wins early on in the year and really set themselves apart from the rest of the field. And I, I think back to really the last time that the service saw this big of a change to the, uh, to the Coke series car and the competition was when uh, we went from the first version tire model, which I consider the original old tire model, when we went from that to new tire model version one. And what you saw was you saw all of the junior motorsports cars go into the first race on the new tire model and finish one through seven. And I think from there on out for the rest of the season, can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty confident that the junior motorsports cars won, if not all of the remaining races, most of them. So that's the thing. When, when you've got such a massive change, uh, you, can, you can really have a team wrap their arms around it and get way ahead and leave the other team scratching their heads and trying to figure it out. And even though the adjustability in this car is arguably less than the Gen 6, and the window in which you can set the car up is much tighter, if somebody figures out one thing that gives them a half a tenth everywhere, 
because the field is going to be so tight, a half a tenth would be like two or three tenths nowadays. One of the things, too, that has been now mentioned is the new schedule, Michael. And it includes some new tracks to the schedule from compared to 2021 and in general. Nashville, new to the points pain side. Worldwide Technology Raceway, new in general, with it being as part of the cup schedule for the first time in 2022. You also have Dover returning for the first time in a few years, although under the Dover Motor Speedway banner for the SMI side of things. A lot of change on that side. Your opinions on the schedule? Well, I think it's definitely more of a racer schedule compared to seasons past. You know, to be completely frank, we've we've seen a very mile and a half intermediate track heavy schedule the last couple of years, even with the introduction of more road courses. Um, it's still been quite a bit of the 550 draft pack, low horsepower uh, style of racing. And I think that was a component that led to having so many different winners last year because of how tight everything was and how draft dependent it was, how setup dependent it was. I think all of the tracks that you named off with Nashville, Bristol Dirt, uh, the Gateway, if you will, I think you could argue that all of those are truly driver's tracks where uh, handling is going to matter. Tire wear is going to be huge. If the current short track tire model is any indication of what we're going to see this year, tire management will be huge. Huge tire conservation will be huge and maximizing uh, the setup to be good on the long run is going to be a big factor as well. So how do I feel about the schedule? I feel like it gives me an opportunity to prove myself um, as a driver, to set myself apart from the rest of the field as one of the top drivers um, and really just prove that talent can overcome uh, draft and setup uh, because I feel like, and I feel like a lot of drivers would agree, our hands have been a little bit tied the last couple of years with the style of racing. It was fun, it was exciting, um, but it didn't always allow us to drive the cars and and make the difference from behind the uh, from behind the wheel. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the schedule. It's a really good mix this year. The shorter races are definitely something that um, are going to shake up strategy and the way we approach these things. So we can't overlook that. Uh, but either way, it's it's going to be uh, exciting, nevertheless. I was about to ask about your opinion on the distances because they're essentially what a open distances are uh, for official racing for reference not as much time in turn to try and have said strategies it's essentially a one-stop for most of the schedule yeah so what that means for us is we can just really go out there and drive the cars drive the cars get the most out of them uh race and not worry about one stop versus two stop two stop versus three stop fuel conservation uh, clutching the car in every corner from the drop of the green flag to make sure that we can be on the optimal strategy. There was a lot of strategy last year, which was, um, I guess, exciting from a, uh, you know, a crew chief standpoint or somebody who really likes the ins and outs and the logistics of, of, of uh, carrying out these races. But I think from an overall uh, audience engagement standpoint and an overall excitement standpoint, shorter races are more than not going to be more exciting than longer drawn out races. And even though as a driver, I do enjoy the, the endurance component of some of the longer Coke races. I watch them back and I say, ah, you know, this was 40 or 50 laps less and 
you know, the racing was more compact and maybe more of the excitement was condensed and concentrated, maybe this would be a better product for the people watching. And ultimately we've, we've got to please the people watching. We've got to keep the audience engaged. And I think if you look at other esports events out there, especially esports racing events, the shows are often uh, much shorter than what we see on an average Tuesday night uh, when the Coke series runs. So I think we've taken a page out of what others are doing and what others are doing successfully. And hopefully we can translate that into uh, into just a better product overall from a presentation standpoint, from an excitement standpoint, and keep giving people who are watching something to watch and something to get excited over. That is now three for three on those points, by the way. Now, what should we expect from Michael Conti this season in the series? Well, like I said before, I've been doing this a long time and um, I've accomplished a lot. And I feel like I've established myself as a, uh, as a perennial contender of some sort, which um, I, I take a lot of pride and I take a lot of comfort in that fact that you can always count on me being up there. Um, so that's a good thing. Consistency is great. What I'd like to, what I'd like to accomplish this year is I'd like to be a little bit flashier and I'm going to make sure that I put the time and effort in to be flashier, to go up there, lead laps, get our qualifying dialed in in the right direction. We struggled there last year. You know, mainly what are you going to see out of me this year? You're going to see me put the most effort I've ever put into this series, into it this year, best foot forward, both feet forward and get everything I can out of the car, get everything I can out of the races maximize what strategy we have left, maximize moves and qualifying efforts and just do everything I can to, to, to be the best I can. Because, you know, for somebody of, of my tenure in this series, it's, it's easy to get complacent and it's easy to get comfortable. And I think what we saw last year was you had quite a few tenured drivers fall into the contender series. Some made it back in and some didn't. And the last thing I'd want to do is work so hard and, run so well for so long and then fall off a cliff and, uh, you know, disappear from the series. So definitely still as motivated as ever to be up there winning races, going for championships. And I'd expect nothing less for myself and the team this year. Where can fans keep up with you? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, big into social media. Uh, we've been a little bit quiet this off season, but I've, I've enjoyed the time and, uh, you know, off season should be that off season. Uh, but, uh, Mike Conti five on Twitter is where I'll post most of my, um, updates on all things racing. So if anybody's interested or curious to see what goes into the races, preparation, what I do in between races, uh, follow Mike Conti five on Twitter and, um, hopefully we can keep you entertained over there too. Thank you very much for the time, Michael. Thanks Prince. That's Michael Conti. He'll be looking to try and chase after another title this season. Coming up the news of the week, You're listening to the iRacers download on the Speedsport podcast network presented by Krasu radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network presented by Crosby Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Justin Prince, Blake McCandless, Rich Colbreth with you as we go into the news of the week. As alluded to with the eNASCAR drivers, the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series schedule has been officially released by iRacing. And it's a bit of a doozy. 17 points paying races plus one exhibition essentially check that 18 points paying races and a lot of tracks either coming in for the first time in a long time or brand new ones two points paying racing Blake 
Yeah, again, we were looking at this schedule beforehand, and I know we've talked to a couple of drivers about it, and uh, I'm like you. It has kind of everything you would want in a schedule. We get a lot of mile-and-a-halves early in the year. Uh, We kind of transition away from that. We got a mixture of short tracks. You get Richmond. You get uh, the dirt version of Bristol in there. You get the real version of Bristol in there in the playoffs. Uh, You have a couple of road courses for some of those road course ringers. That'll be really exciting to see late in the regular season. Can they get their way into the playoffs if they're in the top 20? Uh, So we kind of have a mix of everything you would want. And then even when you look at the championship, really glad that they were able to get Phoenix Raceway as, as the championship race, I think. Uh, that facility is well served to host the championship this year. And obviously, uh, like we were saying, you get Bristol, you get Talladega in the in that championship uh, prior to the championship round as well. So, like you said, I think there's a great variety in it. And, yeah, I, th- I think it's setting up to be a, to be a really exciting season. And for those listening on in to explain the schedule, the exhibition is at the LA Coliseum for the Clash. Now, it's a track that many of the drivers spent time helping develop. That'll be February the 1st with segments ending at laps 25-50, checker flank at lap 120. Then Daytona International Speedway will host the first points paying race, 80 laps the distance. That'll be February 15th. March the 1st, the series goes to its first mile and a half with the next-gen car in its series history at Las Vegas for 100 laps. March the 1st. March 15th, Atlanta Motor Speedway. And it's already been hinted in the press releases that it'd be the updated banking. Remember, that was also something that iRacing helped work on for the real world to production. 100 laps, the distance. Then on March 29th, Richmond Raceway continues its dates in this series. Then it is Bristol for dirt racing with 25 laps appearing to be towards the heat mark. 120 for the feature, April the 12th. April 26th, 120 laps at Dover Motor Speedway. Remember, that is as part of Dover now being a part of SMI. Kansas Speedway, May the 10th for 100 laps. Charlotte for just 100 laps for May 24th. In the past, that event's been up to 200 laps. May 31st, Worldwide Technology Raceway, which has been doing a lot of investments in the real world for its facility. Then Nashville, June 21st. Road America returns July the 5th. All by July 19th, Pocono Raceway Day. Watkins Glen International, Darlington Raceway round out the regular season in the Bristol Pavement Track, Concrete Track, should say, Talladega, Homestead, Phoenix. Round out the schedule with the postseason. Good variety, but in turn, as mentioned, with the lap distances, much shorter than the past. A little bit shorter, but also, Justin, I think one thing of note, and it's been great to see last year, that we get a lot of debuts or previews of what we're going to see in real life. I know Circuit of the Americas, Road America uh, were just a couple of examples for last year. And, of course, uh, it's great that this series gets to serve as a little bit of a preview of what we'll see in real life. And, obviously, that holds true this season as well with the Clash, uh, the new configuration of Atlanta, being able to go to Gateway in a cup car uh so obviously a lot of kind of previews of what we'll see in real life uh, of something that will debut on the iRacing service we saw that with the pro invitational series we saw it with the coke series last year um and kind of neat to see that that continues in 2022 i'm very curious how the dirt fares out though for bristol because absolutely some of the drivers do have experience blake at the world championship level in dirt racing but not all 
Uh, some, but not all. I, I'm glad that um, I, I wouldn't be forced to race it. I know we had to ran, uh, run dirt last year at Knoxville Road to Pro. That didn't go so well. It was very fun uh, in those trucks, and I think the cup cars as well at Bristol. We saw the Pro Invitational Series, what it was able to do. And, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a great challenge for these drivers to see uh, how they handle Bristol dirt uh, at the elite level of the sim. It should be, uh, should be fun to see how the track changes and, and kind of all the – Kind of all the challenges from guys who aren't familiar with it to, like you said, those who have uh, proven their worth uh, in that realm of the sim as well. Again, for more information on that, fans can check out iRacing.com. News tab to be able to learn more about this schedule change in detail. In turn, some changes for some of the drivers team-wise. Some of the announcements have been flowing on in and was alluded to by Donovan Strauss that more are expected in rapid fashion over the upcoming days. Amongst those that have been announced, Corey Vincent Taylor Hurst were the first announced to do return to Dillon Esports. Then, Jim Beaver Esports announced that joining Michael Guest would be Blake Reynolds. In their machines, Parker Retzlaff, Caden Honeycutt would be driving for RFK Racing. Big time connections there with the railroad connections on the track, Stephen Wilson joins Dylan Duvall at Storehouse Esports, as Duvall mentioned. Then Wood Brothers will have played Wit join Garrett Lowe this campaign. The rest is all unofficial. Some decent lineups in turn. I'm really impressed, though, with the RFK Racing lineup, I think, Blake, because they bring a lot of markability as the railroad drivers, but in turn opens up a potential pathway for them for their own careers on the railroad track possibly you'd have to think no absolutely justin i know in working with with one of these teams i won't say which one uh, but in trying to negotiate i think we we tried to target that exact same lineup you know caden honeycutt and parker retzlaff you have somebody who's going to be running part-time uh, in the nascar xfinity series this year and retzlaff and of course someone in candy caden honeycutt who's cutting his teeth and uh, really proving his worth in real life i know i'll see him run at a speedway later on uh, in the cars tour later on this year uh, so very impressed with that being able to align with the cup series team you can only imagine what uh, can kind of prosper even off the track, uh, off of the iRacing service as well. And uh, still a lot to come, though. A lot, Many drivers still unannounced, a lot of new teams coming into the series. Uh, so we're, we're just kind of in the midst of that down period where some teams aren't ready to announce who they signed. And, of course, drivers uh, kind of waiting to showcase uh, who took a chance on them. For more information on that, fans can follow along with the action on Twitter. By following along with the hashtag eNASCAR, keep an eye on which teams announce who will be behind the wheels for their respective machines in the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. And in turn, with the rapid fashion with the changes coming, there's also, keep in mind, something also announced by Tyler Hudson via social media. This is the allusion to the Road to Pro Qualifying Series schedule. That's also coming up, Blake, and the format will return from 2021 which, if you remember, essentially had two rounds for RTP competition. Top 70 make it to the snake split round. In our words, opens up some doors for drivers in various splits. In turn, going to still make things very challenging for a lot of the drivers on how things fare out. Curious of the schedule. 
No, it, it's definitely very challenging as somebody who, who went through all of that, going through about seven or eight races through round one, another seven or eight through round two, and eventually advancing through that into the Pro Series. It's a, it's a grind for the whole year. So uh, bringing this format back, uh, a lot of drivers who missed out on that opportunity uh, gained a lot of experience with how this system works, where they can find points, especially uh, in round one, depending on uh, where they stand on the service, being able to look at where they can get points, where, where they want to compete uh, is very important. And uh, just knowing that you can get it all done in one round, and guess what? When that round's over and you advance, you have to start it all over again. So it's a very long, tedious process, but I think something that in the end proved that uh, it works when you look at the the crop of drivers that eventually made their way into the Coke series this year. This is kind of what the whole purpose of it. Do we get some fitting drivers, some fitting talent uh, to work their way up into that series? And I think when you look at the crop of drivers we have, it certainly worked. And, you know, if it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So we're going back to it. And I'm sure it'll it'll prove to be a, a, another long, tough grind. But in the end, I think we'll get some good drivers that uh, will hopefully supplant the series in 2023. Again, keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on social media as well as the iRacing forums to learn more about what that schedule will be. We'll also be discussing that more next episode. But to wrap things up, the news of the week, a lot of action taking place on the dirt as well. We talked some of it with Bristol, but there's also the iRacing World About Loss NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars World Championship Series coming up to its final couple rounds, Blake. Hayden Cardwell took revenge over Alex Bergeron after their incident the previous round. But Cardwell coming away with a dominating victory by just over, just under, should say, two-tenths of a second at Cedar Lake. Alex Bergeron, in turn, eight points the advantage over Cameron Merriman in the standings, Blake. Well, and isn't that always seeming to be the case that Alex Bergeron, so many of these names that I remember calling races several years ago, Hayden Cardwell, uh, Alex Bergeron and the like, always up front, and uh, their reign of uh, supremacy has kind of just continued uh, on into this season. Again, no shocker that Bergeron, I mean, when you talk about drivers who are amongst the best that we've seen on the service. Uh, Bergeron is always one of those names uh, that seems to come to the forefront. Always uh, is very competitive and just always seems to know where to be, how to get it done. So this championship fight should be interesting to see if the veterans can uh, can hold steady and those who have long been dominant can can kind of hold, uh, hold to that. The next round of the iRacing World About Loss NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car World Championship Series will head to Fairbury American Legion Speedway. That will take place Monday, January 13th. Catch that action live on iRacing social media platforms and on Dirt Vision at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. With that, it's time to say goodbye, and it's been great to have you on the show today for this one, Blake. Lots of eNASCAR action. Very fitting with some of your eNASCAR racing history. Oh, certainly, it's uh, it, it it's great to be involved and to you know be able to compete at that level and be able to understand somewhat of what these drivers are going through. I mean, heck, we were I was probably seven or eight spots away from perhaps being on the other side of this interview. Um, but, uh, you know, we could save that for another date. But, it, yeah, a lot going on. And, again, this is kind of that part of the year where a lot of drivers have had a couple months off to, to reset, recharge, if they haven't been trying to get their way into the series. And then uh, you have a bunch of hungry young guns who are ready to prove themselves. 
and not a lot of time to do it. You know, we get started with the class in just a couple of weeks. So uh, seemingly as soon as it ends, it's already uh, going to get back going again. And that's just the way motor motorsports, whether it's real life or uh, on the uh, on the NASCAR side of things, tends to work. But then it's time to say goodbye. For my partner tonight, Blake McCandless, Richard Colbreth. My name is Justin Prince. Thank you for listening to the iRacers download on the Speedsport Podcast Network presented by Crossview Radio on NASCAR Digital Media. See you next time for the iRacers download.